Hi, our wonderful listeners. It's Vanessa here from Harry Potter and the Sacred Text, and we are a proud part of the ACAST Creator Network. And we know that some of you might be part of organizations that want to advertise with podcasts and you love listening to podcasts, so you know the impact that ads can have. Did you know that your brand's message could be heard right here? And even better than that, Matt and I could be the voice reading your message to our listeners. ACAST can make that happen. ACAST makes sure that your brand or organization gets heard by the right people in the right podcast at the right time. I just got a message from someone who was traveling around Germany, and she was so excited that she got German ads while in Germany. And that is because ACAST does amazing integration that makes their ads specific for the people who are listening. And with over 400 million listeners a month and over 66,000 podcasts to choose from, you can trust ACAST to deliver podcast advertising that drives results. So if you're ready to be heard and interested in me or Matt doing the talking for you, email ads at ACAST.com. That's ADS at A-C-A-S-T dot com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is a part of the Dragon Suplex Podcast Network. Find us wherever you get your podcasts and visit us at chopskicksandnearfalls.com for daily articles about wrestling from around the globe. Hello ladies, gentlemen, everybody inside and outside of the gender spectrum and welcome back to Stardom Quest, the best weekly stardom podcast anywhere in the world. I'm as always Alex and I'm joined by Dylan. Hi Dylan. Hey Alex, hey Stardom Quest listeners. Um, We um are going to be a little bit unique this week. We're not going to make a joke about Simone Biles and her mental health because the only person's mental health that is funny is mine. Because it's a fucking mess. Like, let's be honest. It's absolutely fucking... Dis- it's a disaster. Everything up here, it's just... It's 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 chaos. You ever seen that Spongebob episode? Where he's like, it's a burning fire in his... That's me. Every day. Every day. That's me. And it's funny. Trust me. It is really fucking funny. Um, but Simone Biles, her, her, her mental health is not um, the subject of any jokes by us. Because we are not bad people. Um, or just shock, shock jocks on AEW. Besides the point, we are here for Storm Quest. We have watched day one and day two of the Five Star Grand Prix, and they're pretty solid. How about we get right into it? Yeah, um, first we do have some news to cover um, before we get into that. Uh, Stardom has announced a heap of title matches for throughout the month because a GP alone was not enough to keep up with. We now have title matches uh, on top. 
the first of these was uh, that on August 13th at Cork and Hall, Unagasaka will defend the future of Stardom Championship against Mai, uh, Mai Sakurai. Uh, Mai is listed as independent, uh, so she isn't with Stardom and she also isn't with a, a faction as of yet. Uh, but that's, I think, her debut match. I would have to double check, but I, I'm 90% sure that's, that's Sakurai's debut. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other title match, yeah. Uh, the other title match is on August fourteenth. Uh, this is in Niigata. Uh, Julia and Suri are defending the Goddess of Stardom tag belts against Konami and Raka. Uh, pretty typical there, you know. Raka and Konami have like no chance of winning, so you might as well uh, put that on in somewhere like uh, Niigata to pop pop a number there. Yeah, dude, I hate this this five star title match. Like, I feel I don't know. It it feels weird. Like, I don't like it. Like, I know they've done it before. Like, I remember there was that one random uh title. Like, Momo versus Kagetsu for the double title match was like in the middle of the five star, and I found that weird. Um, I don't like these title matches in the middle because it feels like it's so just just jarred in, and it just like I don't like. It, it's just it's stupid. But um, I imagine. That Roka does not win the tag team titles over Julia and Shuri. Yeah, Hot definitely take. not. Hot take. <laughs> yeah. Um, we we will definitely uh, talk about that when we preview that show eventually. Um, another title match is that uh, on August 29th in uh, the Bell Sal Shia Dome in Tokyo, uh, Natsupoi will defend the High Speed Championship against Starlight Kid. Uh, also on that show, the future of Stardom Championship will be on the line. Uh, the winner of Unagasaka versus Mai Sakurai defends against Rina. Uh, Serena finally gets her shot. Serena asked first, but she yeah. gets her title shot second because uh, Rossi is disrespecting the, yeah. the future of his company, I guess. Fuck them kids. <laughs> Indeed. Um uh, the last title match that was announced is that on September 4th at the Tokyo Bell Cell Shinjuku Grand, uh, the Artists of Stardom titles will be on the line when Tam Nakano, Mina Shirakawa, and Unagi Saka defend against Maika, Himeka, and Natsupoi. And hopefully, this time, these two teams do not wrestle to a 30-minute time limit draw, because, sweet Jesus, I am in pain. So, wait, so what date is that? Uh, September 4th. I think that's the same show that... um. Tommy and Siri is on, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think it is. And there's one more big match, I believe. Well, um, okay, because I, I thought the um, Jumbo's return match was going to be that, but she returns a few days before that. Um, interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mahime Poi definitely should win. Like, but, like mm-hmm. please, just do it already. Need it. Jesus. We, we desperately yeah. need it. <laughs> I'm begging. Yeah. And that's all the news that I can think of, though. I don't think there was anything else major that happened in the world of stardom. Uh, they didn't announce anything huge at either of the shows that I can remember. Uh, it could oh, be totally um, incorrect. Do you want to talk about Kadani um, and how, like his ambition? Yes. Oh. Yeah, actually, that's an interesting one. Um, so in a, an interview with Tokyo Sport, uh, Kidani, who's obviously the... I don't want to say he's the owner, but he's like the guy that runs the show at... Um, in Bushi Road, and he basically was like, I think Stardom could run and fill a 10,000-seat venue next year uh, when COVID restrictions end. So it's a big goal. Um, whether they could do it or not, I don't really know. I mean, we have no idea what trajectory this company could be on once 
you know, COVID restrictions end because you look at America and you look at like all of these wrestling companies are like selling shitloads of tickets because people are just desperate to go to live events. Um, but that might not happen in Japan. Like there might, you know, people might be a bit slower to to go to wrestling shows once they have uh, restrictions are over. So I'm not really sure how that's going to work. I don't think they could fill it, to be quite honest with you. Like they did, what, 3,300 at the the Budokan and that's like was mm-hmm. considered like a really 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 good number and that had a number of legends uh, a load of people from the company's past outsiders like that had everything to, to pull from and it did 3300 so I don't know 10,000 seems a bit ambitious but I'm happy that he has ambition you know what I mean I'm happy that Stardom didn't just buy Stardom to you know make them a little bit more money but you know focus all of their attention on New Japan they clearly want to make stardom into its own kind of juggernaut that obviously makes them money at the end of the day but they do have ambition there with the company at least yeah i think stardom can definitely fill ten thousand seats um if they get cm punk in i think that would be a pretty big um get <laughs> i think cm punk versus momo would be a huge match um cm punk versus julie as well i think that would be no um i think ten thousand might be a bit ambitious i think they can definitely break their record of like five thousand five hundred um, I think they could probably get up to like 6,000 if they have a really good um, year and a half or so. Like later next year, I'm sure they can, well, not year and a half. If they have a good year or so, um, I think they could probably get around 6,000, 7,000 even. 10,000 feels like a lot, though. Um, yeah, I don't know about getting 10,000 next year. Uh, but I, I respect the ambition. It is it is a respectable, commendable thing. Um, he did say he wants to run the Tokyo Dome in like three or four years. Um, but that was before COVID took way longer than anybody expected it to in Japan. Because Japan just has been fucked this entire time. Um, and that's another thing. Like you mentioned with American wrestling. Um, America, even though, uh, you know, the Delta variant and all that, you know, great, great stuff for the future. Um Despite that, uh, America was really quick with, oh, you're vaccinated, you can do whatever the fuck you want, like, in as immediately. So, like, a month ago, the floodgates just completely opened for basically every single state. So, I don't see Japan taking that same course of action, especially because the vaccine rate is a lot slower there. Um, though I imagine there will be more um, vaccinated people in Japan. I don't know. It's, it's a lot of, you know, political side, like, political shit and, you know, geographical whatever um i don't see japan having that like burst of energy um coming out of the state of emergency uh, especially because it's been a longer state of emergency it's been a lot it, it's it's just it's a very different dynamic so i don't imagine they have that same bump but we never know what stardom is actually doing um in terms of just like fans because apparently they're doing incredible you know like from from all of the metrics that we've heard they're doing great except for in attendance because in attendance they're pretty fine you know i mean it's it's a it's a hard thing to project um but i mean if they do that'd be pretty cool yeah um i mean i know with the end of last year or early this year there was that presentation that we covered where they went over all their growth and there was like an 800 percent increase in like certain uh certain statistics about stardom as you said it hasn't really 100% translated to bigger attendances. Um, Although from what little we could grasp from, you know, pre-COVID Bushi Road era stardom, they were doing really well. I mean, they they had one of their highest selling shows ever 
for the the anniversary show in early 2020 and then they followed that up with the uh the way to major league also doing really well um but yeah they haven't really come close to i think blowing that away just yet despite some of the venues that they're running so yeah i don't know like as all of the the metrics are up i guess but then we don't know how that's going to translate into paying customers because i mean you can have as many followers on uh twitter as you want and you can have as many youtube viewers as you want and as many fan club members as you want but that doesn't mean these people are going to like go to the shows and pay the tickets and all that sort of stuff yeah i, I think that's the big thing because i mean I don't know, like, yeah, it, it's it's really hard to, to measure overall because it feels like it's dropped off, but it a lot of that is just because of COVID. But how much how much can it retain once they start, you know, going at getting out of COVID? Because obviously um, a lot of Bushy Road is getting vaccinated around now. So, like, that's starting to happen. And in general, a lot of Japan is getting vaccinated now. So um, it's only a matter of time before things start to calm down a little bit, hopefully. Um, but how do they recover going into that? How do they, you know, push forward? How do they carry momentum um, efficiently? I think that's the big thing. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be interesting to follow and uh, to see. I mean, there's definitely a market there for, for, for a women's promotion in Japan to really step up, um, but whether they can fill that and whether they can make a fan base or not remains to be seen. But that's enough about the unknown. Uh, what we do know is that the Five Star Grand Prix kicked off this weekend. Yes. Uh, both shows aired live, either via pay-per-view or via Samurai TV or whoever else you watched. Or via um, Sprite. Shout out to the to the good brother. Uh, the, uh, Rossi's going to hunt him down. Don't do not do that. Okay. Uh, you know. <laughs> All right. Okay. Sprite has the power <laughs> of Garfield and Konami on his side. Come on now. I don't know. I think you're. I think you're subjecting uh, Sprite there to to some some danger. But, you know, look, I, I'm leaving that on your shoulders. Um, so the GP kicked off on the 31st of July. Uh, this was at the Yokohama Budokan. They did 707 fans. Uh, this is their lowest number at the Budokan since they've started running there. Uh, it's pretty predictable given that uh, when we talked about tickets last time, like none of them were sold out. Like there was a lot available. Um, and that seems to have translated into one of their lower numbers. I'm sure they're still happy enough with the with the number, but no, maybe, maybe they're not. Maybe they they were upset. Uh, we'll never know. This this started okay. This had the coolest shot ever when it started. Yeah. You know the one I'm talking about, where like yeah, they, they played the video and then the video ended and then the music started playing and the smoke was on the stage and as the smoke like let go. Uh, all of the, the participants on the GP were standing there posing, except for Mayu, who was just like standing there. <laughs> but everybody else was doing a pose, and it was the coolest thing I've ever seen. It was it was amazing. Oh, Amber said. Um, obviously, me and you are big. Um, just are really big on the theatrics of Joshi wrestling. Um, obviously, like especially like the intros. I feel like me and you both have this shared love for just like the introductions in a like huge Joshi. Um, you know tournament or you know show or anything like that guyism intro was like one of my favorite things i've seen in like so long i fucking loved it um and this is also really really cool it um this is a really random reference it reminded me of just like like gangsters in space from saints row where it's just like there's like like the <laughs> the smoke just clears and there's like yeah we're we're awesome and my is like i am also here hi hi yes hello 
I I don't know. I she has multiple poses. That's the thing. Like she could have, like she has poses to do, but she was just like, I'm I'm ready to wrestle now. Okay. <laughs> I'm just gonna the stand only here and wait. To, <laughs> the, the the best way to sum up uh, Mayu's pose stance was just derp. It was the most yeah, derp yeah. thing. She was just like totally. And it was for it. a it long time. Like like yes. like. She could have, like, there was time for her to be like, oh, we're supposed to be, like, posing or something, or, oh, like, I should, like, stand. She, like, the entire time was just like, yeah, here I am. I am here, yeah. It was it was really funny. Um, but overall, I love the intro. It was really cool. Um, the smoke clearing, I like that. Uh, Takumi was not there because she's in isolation, um, but Jumbo was, so that, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, poor Takumi. Uh, she couldn't be part of the theatrics, but she will be here eventually, uh, hopefully. Oh, God, I pray she's here. <laughs> you know, Marvelous had to cancel their, their Corkin show that was meant to be there in, uh, in four days' time, so I don't really know what's happening there, but hopefully she's she's all right. Um, this show kicked off with a dark match. Uh, this match didn't air on the pay-per-view or Samurai. Uh, the It was an eight-woman tag match. Uh, Raka, Rina, Konami... And Saki Kashima, Eat Lady C, Hanan, uh, Hina, I want to guess, and Azumi. Mm. Um, when Saki pinned Lady C in four minutes, uh, they really didn't. They didn't fuck around there. <laughs> just in and out. Um, and that's when it's on the, it's on, the uh, it's on Storm World now, so we could watch it, but yeah. we're not going to. Uh, who like look? Who's gonna watch a four <laughs> minute eight woman tag match? Like there is like there's almost no point. Um, but you know. Whatever. Yeah, that's like sure not even fine. thirty. That's that's like not even like thirty seconds. Like that's very short. <laughs> like when you when you put it into like how many people are in the match, that's not that's that's funny. Yeah. See, they needed the time because every block match bar one went over ten minutes, so they probably needed the time. Yeah, that was yeah. a thing. Indeed. And speaking of block matches, uh, the first match of this show was a Red Stars block match when Mina Shirakawa beat Fuking in Death uh, with her new roll-up that's called the Glamorous Collection Mina. Uh, this was fairly short, fairly standard, like absolutely not much to say about it. They just got in there, Death tried to roll up and win, then uh, Mina successfully rolled up Death and actually got the win. So that's a real like elaborate name. I called it the Angel Twist um, because Kurt Angle used to use it and I call that the angle twist. So this is the angel twist. Way easier than that fucking shit that I know Milano named. Because that's his type of shit. I know for a fact that Milano had <laughs> As soon as I saw Collection, I was yeah, like, it's ah, like, I see Milano. It's like, oh, he, he, he just wants to put his fucking, he just wants to put his name on everything. Oh, nah, that's the angel twist, brother. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I actually did enjoy this match. Um, the first few minutes, um, Death was simply out-wrestling Mina. And I was like, oh my god. Mina Shirakawa is getting out-wrestled by an evil clown, and it is the funniest thing I've ever seen. Um, and then the match, like, she she made her come back. It was a good, it was a, you know, fun little match. Um, wasn't a lot of a way to tie bullshit. Uh, Next match, uh, this was with the German. Uh, they worked really well together, had a really nice high-speed match. They integrated comedy as well, quite well, you know, with Koguma hiding under the ring and Poi just being like, where, where the fuck did she go? <laughs> and, uh, you know, they they really blended the the comedy with the high speed, high octane wrestling, um, to where this is an entertaining match, but you know that they have another one in their back pocket should they ever do this as a rematch for the belt. Um so I quite enjoyed this one. Nice to see Koguma get the win, uh Natsupoy can 
recover from that. But uh, yeah, probably sets Koguma up as a future uh, challenger for the high-speed belt. Probably going to be Kid's first challenger, because uh, I presume Kid wins the belt. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's getting ahead of ourselves. What did you think of the match? I actually really love this match. This is one of my favorite matches of the night. Um, I, I, I don't know. The, the comedy is really well done. And obviously, I'm a big, um, I'm a big comedy guy. Um, you know, big tee-hee um, type of guy. And I, I just found this fucking hilarious. I thought that all the action was pretty solid. Um, I, I love, I, to this day, I love Kagama's um, Everest German suplex so beautiful like just uh, her fucking suplex is insane um yeah overall really great stuff i love the hiding under the ring i love the pose off to begin that you know not to tried to roll her up it was just a really fun match i loved it um great comedy great action great everything uh and yeah koguma won clean as a whistle so i imagine she's in the high speed hunt and yeah i i i liked it a lot actually yeah, I, I would agree. I, I can't imagine there was anybody who didn't like a good majority of this match. It was, it was very entertaining. Uh, the next match on the show then was another Red Stars match. Uh, Julia beat Starlight Kid in about 14 minutes with the Northern Lights bomb. Um, I thought that Julia had new uh, entrance music. I don't know if you picked this up. They played Julia's Tron and it was played Kid's, Kid's music. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was, yeah, it was the other way around. Yeah, it was, it was Julia's tournament. So I was like, oh, Julia has new music. Oh, she's just winning the tournament. So, but then Kid came out and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, they're just, they just messed up, I guess. Yeah, it was, it was actually really funny because, again, I was watching it with, with the, with the homies and they were like, does, does Kid have a death note for Julia in her entrance, like in her Tron? Because it looked like it was just like a bunch of like, oh, I'm going to kill Julia type vibes. I was like, that's, but then it was like, oh, no, that's just, that's just the wrong Tron. That makes a lot more sense. Um, I, I have actually, I actually have a bone to pick with this match um, because Julia, Julia is making me look really bad. She's she's really not helping my case out here. So basically, <laughs> a lot like a lot of people were watching on day one, um, and a lot of people were watching this match, and uh, it wasn't great in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. Me, who's a pretty big Julia supporter, um, before this was like, oh yeah, Julia's gotten really, really good lately. Um, and then people saw this match and they were like, you are a fucking liar. And then, day two, a little bit of skipping ahead, when less people were watching, she had like one of the best matches of the year. Of course, nobody's gonna believe me because the sh- shit that she pulled here, like, what the fuck, Julia? She's making okay, me look crazy. <laughs> She's making me look insane. <laughs> I know I'm insane already, but like she's making me look worse, actively worse. This is not cool. <laughs> Italians are supposed to have Italians back, Julia. Fuck. All right. Um, th- this yeah, this wasn't great. They did a lot of limb work, and I was like, all right, I guess they're pacing themselves. And uh, then it ended. Um, it, it, they've definitely had better matches, but I can totally understand why. Uh, given Julia had that crazy match on day two that she was like listen i'm taking it easy tonight um this is the kind of match that you'll occasionally get in a tournament where both wrestlers are just pacing themselves um and it definitely doesn't live up to the expectations of what you'd have given you know if you saw these two on a sheet you'd be like oh they're probably gonna kick ass um but what we got was just like a fairly standard fine match um and yeah julia won to the tournament yeah i i I, yeah it it so Julia is good. I think Julia is a yes. good wrestler. 
I think that probably the weakest aspect of her game is her selling when she isn't legitimately hurt. Because her selling when she's concussed is great. Like, don't get me wrong. <laughs> her selling when she, you know, goes headfirst in the fucking turnbuckle. Phenomenal. Um, mm-hmm. Her selling when she gets shoot slapped the shit out of. Great. But when she's, like, taking limb work, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't hit. You know what I mean? I feel like that's probably, like, the weakest aspect of her game is, like, you know, technical selling. Um, which I think is why her and Shuri don't mesh very well against one another. Um, is because Julia is not good at sell. What the fuck? Why? Fucking motorcycles, bro. Fucking hate those <laughs> motherfuckers. Um, but it's because Julia's not good at selling the more, you know, technical limb work type of shit. And that's all of Shuri's offense for the most part. Mm-hmm. So I think that's probably why, like, I'm not particularly excited for that match. That I think is probably going to be the final. Um, as time goes on, it's, it's sort of becoming more likely to me. Um, but I think that's probably Julia's biggest issue. Otherwise, I think she's a pretty great wrestler. Like, I think she's pretty mm-hmm. good. And I think this match was just not her match to have a good match. You know what I mean? I think Kid is still a little bit too early on the being a heel and being on top for all of the match. I think that, you know, she wasn't necessarily super comfortable there. Um Especially against somebody like Julia, who, like I said, her selling is not the best that can be. So um, it was it was kind of like a, a jarring match. Obviously, I think they've had a lot better exchanges in the past. Uh, yeah, Julia won with the Northern Lights. It was fine. Indeed. Uh, with that, we're on to the next match. Uh, this is my great triumph. Uh, the Blue Stars block. Uh, Unagi Saka beat Tam Nakano. And I would just like to say that I told you all this was going to happen. Uh, nobody believed me. I had many dowers. Udunagi did it. My girl did it. Um, Man, shut I, the fuck up. <laughs> I really, really liked this match too. Um, I thought Unagi's performance was was excellent. Um, I I can heap so much praise on her. Like her selling was second to none. Uh, the passion that she brought to her comebacks really made it difficult not to root for her. And her forearms were connecting really well. Like there was a really nice thud when she was hitting Tam. Um, so just in general, she had a really good spirited baby face performance here. And fair play to Tam, she like picked her apart and was beating her up a lot. Um, this wasn't like a great match by any means, but it was really good. Uh, really played into the dynamic of Tam just being like this, you know, very stiff striker who can put Unagi away and then Unagi just refusing to go down. Um, it's a very easy psychology to play into, but they did it really, really well. And uh, Unagi getting the surprise win with her the thank you for your service was uh, a really good way to cap it off and uh, a really big win for for Unagi. Nah, nah, nah. Um, see, I feel like this happens quite frequently when it comes to Unagi. Um, when I when I don't hate Unagi's matches, I almost give all of the credit to her opponent. Um, so I didn't hate this match. But, like, if you look at my notes, every single one of them is about Tam until Unagi won, and I said pain. Um, that's it. So, like, Tam kicked the shit out of her, and I love that. Um, Tam put a lot of energy into it, into the match. Unagi did, too. Unagi definitely did try her, her best. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I just felt like Tam was, like, the star of the show here. Because I, I feel like Tam is, like, this is the one case, the one person that Tam is, like, definitively cooler than 
So Tam like sort of had that like yeah like she she was the Julia you know what I mean because Julia always just sort of like like you know bullied her always bullied um the cosmic angels uh even though Tam would usually come have a comeback and like you know be fired with all that shit um so Tam finally had her her chance to like just through and through bully someone and that was fun um she hit the destiny hammer which if you know me you know that any match with the destiny hammer in it i have to give a little bit of prop to because that's like one of my favorite moves ever um so she hit the destiny hammer that was dope i was really excited about that then unagi won what the fuck i'm not happy okay Okay. I think you're just being obtuse no. now with this with this Yanagi thing. Like she was objectively no, okay. really no, fucking no, no, no. pro wrestling see, here. Like, see for for a minute. Okay, so these two matches, I recognize they are good matches, right? Her her against Uzumi and her against Tam. Um and I recognize that and I don't think she's a bad wrestler. However, I was speaking to friend of the show, Deshaun, and we both <laughs> concluded that Mina is a far more complete wrestler than Unagi. Okay, hold, hold, hold. We, we, we just, hold we just kind of realized that. Hold it's like, on. Damn. You're getting like, muted. You're getting muted. This, no. Ishan's favorite wrestler is Kandi Okusu just because she drops people on their head a little bit. Like, he he does not get a say in this. He doesn't miss that. He doesn't get he a say in this. Death no, and we, Arjun, like, he doesn't get a say. He that is good. That is, that is the correct way to consume wrestling is death matches in <laughs> Arjun. What the fuck are you talking about? That's the perfect <laughs> that's way to consume wrestling. It is, but Stardom is neither of those, unfortunately, okay? I wish Stardom was Arjun, but it's not. So If, if Stardom was Arjun, that would mean Unagi gets her ass beat by LCO, and I'd be happy. Like, I don't like I don't get what you... Like, yeah, if, if Stardom was Arjun, I'd be a lot happier. But it's not. And Unagi is, like, bottom of the fucking totem. I'm not gonna lie. It's, it's, ju- it's just how it is. Like, she's... she's Hina is, is a lot better than Unagi. I'm saying it. So is Rena, honestly. Well, no. Uh, well, you know, they're around the same level. All of them are around the same level. Like, I, I just don't get, like, like, Unagi winning feels wrong to me. Well, yeah, because, you, I don't know, like, it, it's a tournament. Of course she was going to win. Like, uh, what she is also, there not she to also took there? a meal. She also, she also took a meal out of, out of, uh, from from Azumi because Azumi was supposed to get those two points in my bracket um over Tam. So I'm very upset. Azumi was also supposed to beat Unagi. Um it's it's just looking really bad for me. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not happy. Um Unagi ruins everything. And Mina right, is a well, better wrestler than Unagi. <laughs> Alright, well you're I, allowed to be wrong. Uh we're gonna move on uh to the next match which was Blue Stars action. Uh Siri beats Saya Kamatani in about fifteen minutes. Uh with a, it says current flame. Uh, I assume it was just an island driver. I actually can't remember the finish to this match. Oh, I, I, I have been touting the name island driver because I think that's a cooler name than um, Emerald Flosion. It's not, you know, I feel like Emerald Flosion is a little bit too um, known. It turns out that I was wrong. Um, the island driver is the same hand. Like, there's a very slight difference with how you drive it. The island driver is just, Joe just sort of like, Pulled him, whatever. Um, it's called the Ryuin, which I think is a cool ass fucking name. Um, because mm. it sort of sounds like ruin. Um, and she she ruined Saya's night by breaking her fucking neck. It was a great match. I love this. This was yeah. I I I honestly didn't know what to expect from a Siri versus Saya Kamatani yeah. match because Saya is still such an anomaly to me. 
Like, I never know what she's going to bring to the table. Um, but we just had, like, this really intense, really stiff match where, like, towards the finishing stretch, they decided to just slap the ever-loving shit out of each other. And then Suri just killed her. And I was like, that was amazing. Like, it was so good. Like, Saya is so good at being, like, really intense and fighting from underneath. Like, that portion at the start where she, like, was on top of Suri and was just, like, raining down these forearms. That was so cool. Um, and, yeah, just the, the entire match was great. The slaps were fantastic. Um, and, yeah, just, just a great match overall. Uh, really good performance from both uh, Suri on another level we say this a lot lately but she is she is kicking ass oh 100 um yeah i love this match uh this match was the third match to have like one of those like strong style style like standoffs where they just like were like okay hit me and then you know like the hit back and forth type of thing where it's real you know this is the first match that i felt like it genuinely felt deserved and it felt like it was mm-hmm. like a really hype moment instead of just like oh they're they're hitting each other because that's what wrestlers do is they hit each other like this felt like okay like it, it felt like i was it was very easy to invest in this match and i think that's part of shuri's um dynamic is that she's very easy to invest into um she's just she really is just incredible um and yeah i love this match so much um i i in the early the early going i was like this match um has kind of a similar dynamic to tam versus unagi except it's literally better in every single way um that it possibly could be and i i hold to that except um it, it diverged from that and got even better so um yeah love this match uh, i don't know if it's actually on my top three because um there was a lot of good matches on night two and the match after this um but great match Shuri is just fucking insane. I don't know. I don't know what more you could say. Dude, even even on Twitter, Shuri is great. Shuri has a great Twitter game. Shuri's great in general. Um Tom Lawler, former MMA fighter, current New Japan Openweight champion, um New Japan strong whatever. Um he said, "I do not want to wrestle Shuri cuz she will murder me." And then Shuri's like, "Really?" And then he's like, "Yes." I would be dead. And then she's like, I don't know, but I think you would, you would, you would murder me. And then she, he's like, nah, you would murder me, pal. Nah, I think you'd murder me. It was really wholesome. Um, obviously Sherry doesn't speak any English. So I just like sort of paraphrase. Like it was, it was a lot of like, that wasn't how it was communicated, but it was a great time. Um, real wholesome stuff. Two MMA fighters who are great wrestlers, um, who murder people for fun. Um, great stuff. Sherry's great. So is Saya. Yes. Such good shit. Yeah. Speaking of good shit, uh, the next match on this card was Red Stars action. Uh, Mom Watanabe beat Maya Uitani in about 17 minutes with a brand new Peach Bomb, uh, which is basically a variant of Naruki Doi's Muscular Bomb. Uh, I know Shane Strickland had his own version of it uh, on the Indies as well. Um, Basically, they just get dropped on their fucking head, and it's amazing. Uh, This match, I have so much to say about this match. from the entrance alone, I knew Momo was going to do some cool shit. Oh, 100%. Like, she, like, the energy she had in that entrance was, like, peak white belt rain Momo. Like, the she eyes. Was fully back. Mm-hmm. The eyes, Alex, bro. You just look at her eyes and the eyes, Chico, they never lie. She fucking murdered her, bro. It was great. Oh, my God. I know, like, because that's the thing. Momo is one of those wrestlers who it's like you kind of, like, she has a lot of, her body language tells you a lot. Um. And not necessarily, oh, I'm going to win or, oh, I'm going to lose. But, like, her body language before the uh, the Nanai match was very dead. Um, and you could just tell that. It's like, huh, she doesn't seem, this this seems, like, she doesn't seem happy. 
she doesn't seem excited to wrestle. She seems very just put off. This match was the complete opposite. She was like, yeah, I'm fucking ready. I'm ready for this shit. Let's go. She had new gear. Um, It was like a crystallized progression of her previous gear um, with gold and blue and stuff. Um, it, it looked really nice. Um, This kind of felt like a throwback match, um, maybe just because they're both, you know, wrestlers from uh, a few years ago. But it felt like one of those, it felt like this would be like the main event match of a 2018 pay-per-view i mean it was it literally was the the, this was actually the five-star grand prix um stipulation match besides the point it it felt like one of those matches where it's like it just had this completely different vibe to it and it was incredible i loved it so 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 much oh my god dude so good yeah it was amazing like uh mayu as well was on her game too like that's like no uh shade to Mayu like Momo oh, no. may have stole the show but like Mayu was on her game here uh like from the start Mayu was just like throwing really good kicks Mayu has reinvented herself as a kick wrestler I, I guess it's great um, dude oh my god dude okay we're get. I'm getting ahead but the kick rushes the rush kicks that she hit on Julia holy fucking shit mm-hmm. okay we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute but oh dude she's Mayu's so fucking good oh my god so is Momo dude they just kicked the shit out of each other. Um, near the end, mm-hmm. Momo literally like busted Mayu open with a kick, like to with like just a like not a punt kick, but like I don't know how you'd call it, like a like she was bending over and she kicked her in the face and then she like popped up and she like she actually started bleeding from that shit. Like Momo was just like she was she was feeling different, bro. It was great. Yeah. It was it was, like if you've seen a match between these two before, um, it was pretty much a similar formula of starting kind of slow and then proceeding to just commit heinous crimes on one another for the last like fifteen minutes, um, and like towards the finishing stretch, they were just they were, they were going all out, and I think what made it better was that Momo seemed so zeroed in, like when she when she hit the wasn't the peach sunrise was it, and Mayu kicked out, so she was like, Dealer. I'm gonna do and then drop you on your head with a peach bomb so it was like instead of momo where in the past when that when her like big moves hasn't haven't worked out she's been like oh shit what do i do and then lost this time she was like i know what to do i'm gonna hit you with a peach sunrise and then drop you on your neck and it was just like this is the momo that i remember when i first got into stardom she was just zeroed in she's gonna do whatever it takes to absolutely get that win even if that means killing you um yeah just just amazing mayu was on her game here she was fantastic uh as always she's one of the best when it comes to just these like big throw everything at the wall bomb throwing fests like and uh momo got a lot with the win you know she looked amazing and uh as I, I might have said this on Twitter, but it's like, if I didn't already convince myself Momo was winning before the tournament, uh, this match would have me convinced that she's in contention. Yeah, but her match the next day, kind of. Besides the point, um, yeah, dude, oh my god. Okay, so I actually have a, a excuse me, a discourse. Um, the, the, her finisher, um, Sunny called it the Peach Bomb. Ma- Momo has not named it yet. Uh, it, mm-hmm. it doesn't have a name yet. Um, me and me and my buddies were talking about it. Such a better name than a peach bomb. Obviously, I think peach driver is probably better. Besides the point, better name than peach bomb is a peach twilight. Because her her peach sunrise is the 
is behind the back, the Peach Twilight would be into the, like you get what I mean? Wouldn't that be such a cool, mm-hmm. like that's such a better name? Or you know, Peach Sunset, um, Royal Peach Sunset, Royal Peach Sunlight or Sunrise. But you get what I mean? I think that would be great. I think that's such a cooler name than Peach Bomb. But I I don't care. It's a cool move. Momo's cool. I love this match. This is, it's it's hard. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Have you heard? Podcast advertising works. In fact, Kantar ranked podcasts as the most effective digital advertising channel, above social media ads, influencer content, and every other medium. Whether it's right for your brand to run its own ad creative, have some of our 80,000 plus podcasters read your message themselves, or even create your own branded episode or series, at Acast, we'll use our world-class expertise to guide you every step of the way to make sure your campaign is efficient, effective, and enjoyable. Hear podcasts? Think Acast. Visit acast.com backslash advertising to start your campaign today.